Hey you guys, this is Mimi with my co-host JB. She's waving as always. Um, this is episode number eight. And this is going to be our paranormal section along with a few um, crime. You said there's a couple just stories, not just crimes. Yes. Okay. Uh, so let's just go ahead and jump into it. So the first one says, or it's about the devil's school. This school is in downtown Jacksonville, Florida. It's next to I-10. Um, Rutledge Homes bought it or built it. I'm going to assume that he built the school from the things that I found. The school was Florida's number four public grammar school. Recently known as Annie little elementary school um at, at some point the school had shut down not sure exactly when eventually the it became shelter for the homeless and and then became a place for um what was the word we said earlier where um Initiate. <laughs> I knew that. Um, so, yeah, then the house became, or the school became a place to initiate uh, people to become sor part of soror sororities and fraternities. Fraternities, yes, thank you. So in 1970, it was condemned and it became urban explorer place and junkies basically began to use it as like a hideaway getaway place. Um, rumors said in 1995, a fire took place in the building and supposedly it was started by workers, possibly people trying to just remodel it or people who were just in there to vandalize and destroy shit. Um. <clears throat> So the stories say that in 1969, this is just like an urban legend. So this is kind of what you want to take it. Oh, okay. Um, if they go on Instagram, which I'll show you the pictures afterwards, if the followers or listeners, whatever, go on to Instagram and follow us, then they'll be able to see the pictures of the actual school. I think I, unless it's a school I'm getting confused with, it sounds like the one like when you're on the interstate and you like, if you're heading, like, if you're leaving Florida, if you look to the right, there's, like, a kind of, like, it's kind of, like, tucked. Because I believe, like, part of the... It bumps like, goes, right, like, up right up against... I, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think it was 10, but that's right now. But then again, I don't really know. I don't know. I, I Last time I left the state of Florida, I was not even double digits. So, yeah, I, I don't yeah, know I, anything about I, Jacksonville. I, I, I think it's... <laughs> I think it is what I'm thinking of. If not, then there's, like, another one that's really close to... It's probably this one. Um, okay, so where was we? So it says that the stories say, say that in 1960, a furnace exploded inside the building and killed half the students, oh faculty, God. and the janitor. So wait, this is the urban legend or this actually happened? Um, let me, I will tell you the facts at the very end, all this right now 
is uh, just the urban legend. Okay. You can you can take it from the facts and basically believe what you want with the urban legends and the facts put together. Okay. Oh, it just gets even weirder. Um, so it says that the furnace exploded in the building and killed half the students, faculty, and the janitor. It says for years, teachers wouldn't last long um, working there because they were extremely terrified of, like, the hauntings and paranormal shit going on. So eventually the school ended up shutting down. Um, it didn't say exactly when the school shut down. But they had a priest come in and do an exercise on a demonic, demonic spirits so that they could reopen. Um, and so the stories or urban legends, whatever you want to call it, of the story of the school is that the principal was a cannibal. Oh my gosh. What the fuck? And the research that I, I did a lot of the, I looked on the first three pages of Google and almost every website that I went on to basically the stories were the same. Um, it says that the principal was a cannibal and it's not for sure if all these events took place like all at the same time, like all in like one school year type thing, or if it would just happen like right after the other or whatever. But according to the stories is that if kids fell asleep, they would be sent to the principal's office and they never returned. Supposedly, the principal had a closet in his office that he had made and turned into a meat freezer. That makes no sense because one of these people wondering where the hell their kids are. <laughs> it says that the students were gutted and hung until he ate them. There is no evidence that I could find about the parents looking for the kids. So the only thing that I could think of, because this basically took place in, um, what is it, 19, well, no, because this is... Well, 1970, it got condemned. I guess I didn't put in when, um, I'm sorry, when it but came still, around. Like, people still, like, the only thing like I could think children. The only thing I could think of is maybe the certain kids, like, maybe times got hard on the parents. You know how back in the day it mm -hmm. got hard, they just, like, sold their kids, but they never asked any questions afterwards. I don't know. So I, I maybe just, they didn't question. Like, you know? oh, <laughs> not come home from school. <laughs> Whatever, not my problem. That's the only thing I could think of. <laughs> I said the same thing. When I was writing this, I was like, why in the fuck is no, like, the little Jimmy's best friend, Tommy, not fucking question where the fuck Jimmy went? Like, and he never fucking came back. <laughs> They say he's got a meat freezer in there, man. He cuts them and hangs them until he eats them. Don't fall asleep. <laughs> Don't fall asleep, boy. <laughs> um. So, yeah. So, so, I couldn't find any evidence about the parents actually looking for the kids. Like I said, the only thing that I could come about was maybe it was around hard times and they sold their kids for financial reasons or whatever just See, to like have a better home but not realizing that, that the better like, home's not going better that sounds like one of those stories you tell your kids like <laughs> keep your ass awake in school because if you fall asleep the principal will eat you oh my god maybe i need to tell my kids that they're doing that to write in school or the principal's gonna eat you <laughs> oh they're so bad i love them they're not bad. They're just typical kids. Um, anyways, so 
there were rumors of a killing spree. They said that no teachers were ever killed, but they don't know if this was because the teachers happened to escape or maybe they actually helped kill the kids. The second rumor is about the janitor. They say that the janitor went completely berserk and started slaughtering a bunch of kids, leaving splatters of blood all over the hallways. They say that the ghosts of the kids roamed the building. Um, some of the facts say that it was that after it closed, it sat for many, many years and they used it for devil worshiping and sacrifices and shit like that. There is a lot of, um, a lot of the things that I went on to, they say that it's one of the ones that a lot of ghostbusters and paranormal people and stuff like that go into to, you know, try to catch it. Yeah. And a lot of them said, have reported of satanic symbols and graffiti written from literally wall to wall. And I always felt like sometimes people put them there just to make the Just to make it seem, yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying like all. So there's a story about a tree that's in the middle. Like in the the middle of the school? Yes. So I guess the school is shaped as the letter E. Or was shaped as the capital E, the letter capital E at one point. Um, And I guess directly in the middle of it was a tree that grew. I could not find any information. Every single article mentioned the freaking tree. But it never went after, nothing after that. It basically was saying like it could be like a... um, Like they built the school around the tree. But it looked like the way... I took it when I was reading it, it was like the tree literally just like grew up into the building through the roof, from the floor, through the roof, all that. Well, yeah, well, I mean, a tree over time will break yeah. through like that. They're trying to say it could be a ghost haunted type oh. satanic tree. It could just be like, you know, just a coincidence that the tree just grew. I, there was really not much except for a tree grew in the middle of it and what people's thoughts and theories were on that yeah um is there a picture of the tree i'm honestly not sure i'm actually after we do this i'm going to go online and i'm going to upload all the pictures to instagram so that way because if all these people are taking pictures and all the like ghost hunter people went in there i wonder if there's like a picture like Mm -hmm. that's what i said um, so basically now it has a tall chain link fence with bob wire all the way around it. And it was bought a couple years ago. I couldn't find exactly what um year directly it was bought, but they said that the building is supposed to be turned into condos. Oh, what the fuck? So yeah, if you live in Jacksonville and you uh, want to live in a haunted building. That's that's the place. You just look for, what was it called? The Devil's School, a.k.a. Annie Little Elementary School. <laughs> yeah, you can live there. You can be haunted, supposedly. So I'm going to tell you one more story. And then we're going to go into a little break. And then I'll give you another little story. And then we have our little true crime or stories, whatever it is. Okay, so this one is called the Harden House. This one is located in Claremont, Florida. 
which is the home of Bubba Sparks, which is the rapper of Miss New Booty. This house was built in 1881 and bought by John Hardin in 1975. The house was a two-story Dutch colonial house in Osakola on Osakola, I believe I say that. Osakola. 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 Osceola. Osceola? Yeah. Oh, okay. My bad. I see cola. Look at my bad ass. Cola. <laughs> cola. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's Osceola, Osceola yeah. Avenue in Claremont. No, I watch I'd be wrong. <laughs> so the house actually still stands to this day. Oh, I want to see pictures of that. I oh my God, the house is so beautiful. I'm definitely gonna add those pictures. Houses from those times. Yes. Oh, oh they're so beautiful. Um, I'm gonna actually. I only went onto maps to see the exact address because a lot of the research that I was doing, they were saying um, that they couldn't find any information on the house as um, as of 2000, somewhere between 2017 and 2020. Nobody could find any information on the house. So I went on maps and I tried to do my own little thing to try to figure it out. So I only got to see pictures of the outside beautiful um so the story says that the ghost of john harden which was a native to claremont haunts the house he moved into the house with his second wife and their newborn son the two stories i found was that one he was asleep and smelled fire and the other one was that he was actually a uh, refrigeration he was in a refrigeration business and which, you know, is like, I guess your refrigerator or whatever. Um, I guess, which is, I thought was weird. A client had called for an emergency. So he took his whole family with him. And while they were gone, someone cut the phone lines to their house. But they didn't know until after he had got done taking a shower. And he saw lights of flames through the window. Um, the first story that I read was that he was asleep and he smelled the fire and woke up and see the flames and then this one says after he got out of the shower he happened to see the flames through the bedroom window um but both are basically saying he died from uh, no he didn't die oh. from the fire but he definitely saw the fire okay um when he realized that it was his truck on fire he put on his flannel shirt and blue jeans to go outside and put the fire out that's when an unknown person came up and shot him in the chest. Oh, shit. The killer was never caught. He was shot in the chest around 11 p.m. They say that he was shot by a 20-gauge shotgun, which was found the next day in some bushes. By the time that the neighbors and the fire trucks even arrived to John's you know, side to try to help him put out the fire, he was already shot. He died at 11.25 at the hospital of South Lake Memorial Hospital. So he was shot at 11 p.m. And he died at 11.25 p.m. The night John was killed, his wife, Victoria, never went back to the house after that. I don't know. Um, seven years before 1968, though, a Virginia woman dreamed of a house that she had never been in. And the dreams were about her running up and down the stairs and running out of the door. And then all so she would like go out the door, she would wake up. So in 1970, June, 
1972, sorry, June Ferris and her family moved to Florida. Two years later, June was writing and saw the house. A few weeks later, after she saw the house, her and her friend decided to go in the house. And that's when June started having deja vu. Like she, you know, she, like she felt like she had been there before. And for some reason, in March of 1978, June and her family decided to move into the house. As soon as they moved in, things started, like, they started experiencing, like, really weird things. For example, their boat hitch would lift off of the fucking stand by itself in the driveway two times. A boat hitch. Like, a trailer itself is heavy as hell. Yeah. And you're, like, how does a boat, like, just lift up off the fucking hitch? That's um, June's daughter, Robin, and son-in-law, David, her music. So they went to the basement and they saw a lot of music boxes playing all by themselves. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> all right. So we're going to take a little break right here. I know that I said I was going to do it after the story, but um, we're going to take a little break right now. Oh, sorry. And after this little sponsorship, then I'll finish the story. Okay, so June's daughter, Robin, and her son-in-law, David, oh, I already said this, uh, had heard music when they went to the basement and they saw all the music boxes playing by themselves. So in 1985, June's daughter, Lori, and her boyfriend, Bob, were watching TV and they, hear, they heard the back door slam. The back door slam. So they went to look to see as they were checking it out, they heard heavy footsteps like a grown man was like walking behind them. Oh. When Bob went to go look, he found nothing. Like nothing, no sign of anybody being in the house, nothing like that. Um, so they started to believe that the house was haunted, even though they had never actually physically seen any ghosts. Until the day that Robin felt a chill and saw a man in his 30s in a flannel shirt and jeans passing her on the stairs. Um, about three months later, Bob was in the attic and he saw vapor-type spirit shoot at him. Could you imagine being in the attic? First of all, I'm not even going into the attic. But could you imagine going into the attic and then all of a sudden seeing like this, like this vapor globe spirit thing just like floating and then just start shooting at you? Um. So. October of 1985, Bob decided to do some research, and he learned about John. Um, they learned that John was going down the same stairs as what June was having the dreams of. June started to think that John was using her to try to solve that serve his well, try to solve his murder. <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with that sentence. Eventually, June, like, I guess she just, like, couldn't take it anymore. Or maybe financial problems, it didn't really say. Um, she sold it to new owners, the Hatleys. She just said, fuck you, go for it. <laughs> 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 I'm you I'm you use... find someone else. <laughs> I ate a bump Listen, I cannot physically help you mentally, emotionally. I can't help you 
solve this murder case. I got too much shit going on as it is mentally on my own. Nah, this is somebody else's problem. Good luck, John. <laughs> um, the Hatleys said that Okay, give me just one second, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, okay. So she, uh, June sold it to the Hatleys. Hatley said, as of 1992, no activities had been at play. Neither one of the families could explain the activities. And they said that they would experience night terrors and odd accidents and odd things happening. June said that she saw a lot of. Oh. oh my god, I've literally been saying this word all day. Auras, never mind. Got it. In June, or I'm sorry, in 2007, police actually reopened the case, but nothing came from it. The market says that it was sold in January 2013 for $135,000. Um. It's located at 486 West. Oh, Osceola. Osceola, Claremont. Um, when it was originally built, it was built as a four bedroom, two bath. But some, when I went on to some of the realtor things, it says it's actually a three bedroom, two bath now. So I don't know if maybe they um, like extended one of the rooms and just made it into like a really big like master bedroom or whatever or yeah um but now it's basically worth two hundred and sixty nine thousand five hundred dollars um it only sells for cash only and the rent actually goes for about one thousand eight hundred twenty five dollars a month and that is it for john? the harden house yeah John Harden, who was uh, killed, and he decided to haunt some random lady in her dreams, so she moved in. They honestly didn't uh, have he anything else. Like, no. But what I read on was that when June moved out of there, the Hatley's, uh, Hatley's, I don't know how it was said, um, they... They experienced things for a little while, but eventually it just stopped. Like it calmed down. Like either he was finally at peace and he just either passed or. No, he probably realized like these people just are not going to help him. Yeah, like, yeah, something. Like, because they said as of 92, he just. They're... So in 85, Bob did the research on it and everything. And. In 92, the Hatleys was already living in there and said that no activity had been at play. From what I read, that they were already in the house for a couple of months, maybe one or two years at the most. Um, and then it just stopped. But it's just really weird that they only want to sell the house as cash only. Yeah. And, oh my God, $1,825 a month. But that That's, doesn't make any sense. If they're selling it for cash only, why is it there? Why is there a monthly thing? Well, it's estimated. If oh. somebody was to buy it out and decide to rent it out, 
Oh, I, that's I, I, what I, I, the I, estimation of the rent would be. Okay. As of right now, it's not up for sale. Somebody actually does live in the house. Oh. Um, the new owners was never. Um, you couldn't find anything on the new owners. I could just find recent updates on basically like where it was built as a four bedroom, two house. Some of the the sites say that it was it was um, turned into a three bedroom, two bath. But I guess if you actually wanted to sell it, you have to sell it for cash. Okay, so this one is about the May Stringer House, which is located at 601 Museum Court. This one I didn't really have too much information on. I looked, it, it was. Is this in Florida too? Yes, this one's also in Florida. Um, it says it was built in 1855 by John L. May, who bought the property and built a four-bedroom home with his wife, Marina, and two daughters, Matilda and Andy. Annie, not Andy, sorry. Three years later, John May had died from tu tuberculosis? Tuberculosis. Yeah. Um, Marina had stayed in the house after, even during the Civil War. He ended up marrying a man named Frank Saxon. In 1869, Marina died by giving birth to Jesse May, who survived, but later died at the age of three of unknown causes. Aww. Both uh, Jesse May and Marina were buried on the property with John May and an infant son from Frank, which you couldn't find any information on but is rumored to be one of the reasons why this place is considered as haunted. So, um, after Marina and Jesse May was, after their deaths, Frank sold the house to a guy called Dr. Sheldon Stringer. Dr. Sheldon had added an extra 10 rooms for him, his wife, and three kids. He added 10 more rooms? To a, he, yeah, so there was 14 rooms. I don't know if all of them were just rooms or some of them were baths or what. It just said 10 rooms, but there was already four. Yeah. Yeah, that's a lot. For five people. <laughs> um, but then here it makes sense. They said that he did his practicing in there. Oh, yeah. Um, that makes sense. And it was also used when he was a doctor there as a sanitarium catering place for people with smallpox and yellow fever. The museum ended up buying it in 1980. Bonnie, I did not write down her last name because I knew in hell there was no way I was going to even try to pronounce that last name. So my apologies. We're just going to call her Bonnie. Um, she said that weird things started happening immediately. It said that the volunteers that helped to restore the building heard voices and footsteps in empty rooms. They said that they heard kids when no kids were even allowed in construction area. Um, guides still to this day reported to seeing shadows moving on their own, glowing orbs and crying kids who were said to be Jessie Mae looking for her mother's touch and love because remember her mother died at birth and she was three years old when she died.
So she really didn't know, you know, basically what a mom is. Um, they put several dolls all around the house, which is supposedly one of them is Jesse Mays. So reportedly, some of the people, like the caregivers who stay there and keep the house clean, tidied, and all that, um, they had took the doll out at one time and they tried to clean the doll up. Well, when they brought the doll back up, the the crib was like in pieces all over the room. So they rebuilt the crib back together and put the doll back in there. Nobody's touched the doll or the crib or anything. And ever since then, nothing's happened. They haven't had to rebuild anything, fix anything, nothing like that. But they do say that Jesse May, if they set up toys throughout the house, wherever, like say they're in her room or there's teddy bears or something in the living room or the dining room or whatever, if she don't like where that specific toy is, she will move it to wherever she wants it. At. Like oh, she yeah. takes her toys and she puts them where she wants them to be through the house. I like it here. Yeah. <laughs> Typical three-year-old. <laughs> um, so is it says that there's eight ghosts. I tried to do the research on it, but I could not find eight ghosts. Um, the ones that I could find was Marina May, of course. Um, Dr. Stringers, which I would assume, um, a shooting victim. I'm not really sure. I try to look that up. I'm going to assume that was maybe from somebody of the civil war or something. Well, if he was, he, he was a doctor, so it could have been. Oh yeah. And he is said that not just smallpox and a uh, yellow fever. He also, also did his, uh, so he could have, he could have, so, you know, people from were coming to see him could have died on the property. Um, Jesse May. This is my favorite. An angry well I shouldn't say an angry an angry spirit named Mr. Nasty. <laughs> nice. Okay, so there's no proof of Mr. Nasty actually being there, but there are several rumors saying that he hung himself after he found out that his fiance had cheating on him. That's basically it. Um, I guess it, it's, he hates females now, so he'll just do, like, random things, like, you'll feel like a bump run up against you, or a tug at your hair, something like that. Yeah, he just hates females now. Um, that's basically it for that one, but the thing that I like about this is you can actually book tours. Um, so... It's cheap, but yet expensive. I actually went online to look. Um, so you have to go online to May Stringer Ghost Tour and actually talk to Bonnie herself. Um, and the tour is Friday and Saturday through 8 p.m. to 10 p.m. for $20 per person. No children allowed. I think it, think it's, I didn't really remember. I think it said 13 or 14 and under, no children. So. And a lot of the reviews I read, which of course could just be people just talking, but a lot of them said you you experienced at least one thing out of the whole tour. This is the thing now. I didn't actually look into it because I'm kind of curious to see what the group consists of. But they say the most haunting hours is after 10 p.m. So you can do a late night tour with a group from 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. for $200. I don't know how many people in the group, but if you could get enough people in that group to split up that two hundred dollars, 
and the most haunting things, like the most scariest things start happening after 10, I'd be so down for it. No one day, like, I don't have to stay like, oh, all yeah. night. <laughs> like, I can just leave. Yeah, I'm down for it. Um, so yeah, that's that's all the uh ghost stories I have for now. It's kind of hard finding ghost stories that not everybody is covered. And because we try to do things that nobody, you know, is yeah. continuously covering, it's I'm trying. At least you think it's not. <laughs> yeah, if you guys already heard of it, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're trying here. Okay, so these are our little stories. Yes. Okay, so this one takes place in Washington in, oh shit, 2020. Um, a 51-year-old man was facing a DUI reckless driving in a hit and run in a felony and looting charge. That, that, bas that basically means that he uh, hit somebody? Um, I don't think it was somebody. I think he hit a car. Oh, okay. <laughs> There was a high-speed chase, and the car reportedly hit speeds of 109 miles per hour during the chase. The old man was getting it, boy. State troopers ended the chase by throwing down a spike strip. They went to the car. When they went to the car, they didn't find the man behind the wheel. They found his really sweet pimple. <laughs> yep. The man told the troopers he was trying to teach his dog. Oh my god, officer! I I don't know why you're pulling me over doing 109 miles per hour. I'm just trying to teach my dog how to drive. Yeah. What's the big deal? I'm teaching my dog how to drive. I know the speed limit's 70. I know I was doing 106. <laughs> what the fuck? I was the one driving. My pimple was. I'm teaching them. He's still learning. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Where's that Washington? Yeah, that was Washington. That's not a like a Florida thing. I know. All right. So the second one is from the state of Tennessee. This was also in 2020. It says, Jay Dodd renewed her driver's license online, but didn't get the right picture on her license. Instead of a picture of her, it was a picture of an empty chair. <laughs> so she a ghost. <laughs> she a motherfucking Casper up in here. Where is Casper? I don't know. Um, a few years ago, when they, visit, when they visited the driver service center, an examiner made an error by capturing and saving the wrong photo to the customer's profile. Okay, so how uh, unprofessional are you that you look? Did you not look at the picture before you added it to yeah, the thing? Right. Yeah, I didn't understand. Like, nobody got that. This like, is 2020, not like, you know, back in the day. Um, <clears throat> she received the picture of the chair because it was the last picture that was taken on file. She did get a new one with her face on it. Jane's boss and co-workers thought it was funny. Her boss at one point pointed to the chair, at one time pointed to the chair outside of his office door and was like, oh, I thought this was you. I waved. I waved at it this morning. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. 
laugh because like I can picture like so many people we know just gonna be like, oh, sorry, I thought that was you over there. Was that like, would low-key be my friend Brittany, like when she was like when she was my manager, I could see her doing some shit like that. Like, oh yeah, I heard you got arrested for, you know, and or whatever, and your ID was just a chair. You know, so this morning when you came in, I looked at that chair and I thought it was you and I was like, Good morning, Megan. <laughs> Um, so police arrested Dallas Archer for driving with a suspended license. Um, when a female corrections officer performed a search, she discovered a stolen five shot, four inch long, 22 caliber in, in her vagina. Ew. <laughs> well, damn. <laughs> you don't sit here thinking about it. Girl. Um, <laughs> how old is she? Okay, so this is where I got confused because in one of the articles said she was 19, but another one said she was 21. So I'm I'm, I'm just gonna say somewhere between night, I'll even go younger, I'll say somewhere between 18 and 21. Oh, but, yeah, impressive. <laughs> Um, so the the gun belonged to a 70-year-old John Souther. Souther? Souther? Um, when they told him where they found the gun, he was like, oh, gosh. That little guy will need a bleach bag. Yeah, so I forgot to write it, but it, yeah, his gun was stolen like oh my a, God. a year or so prior, and then yeah, they found out because it was registered in him, but yeah, I laughed too. When he's I like, could just picture this old little man saying, oh gosh, that little guy's going to need a bleep. <laughs> oh, I don't know if a JJ drew so much shit. <laughs> um, Dallas ended up pleading guilty to smuggling contraband into a police facility, speeding and failing to display driver's license. <laughs> that was it. That's fucked up. <laughs> okay, you guys. So that's basically it for tonight. Well, for Wednesday. Um, for your paranormal little story. Sorry, there wasn't much to it. Um, between work and trying to do my little notes and research and all that, it's, it's a little hard for me. So You tried your best. <laughs> Good job. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and say now, which I'm going to say again at the beginning of our next episode, we might not have stories for you guys Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays only because um, with work, home life, kids, all that. It's it's a little overwhelming sometimes for us to try to like throw in the podcast at the same time. But you will have at least two episodes a week. If we actually have the time, you'll have more than that, believe me. Um but just make sure that you follow us on Instagram at Spooks and Crimes so that you can see the pictures of these crazy people when we can find pictures that we talk about um if you have any feedback personal stories that you want to share um 
basically anything you really want to say or whatever, you could just email us at spooksandcrime at yahoo.com. And if you subscribe and follow us, not just listen, guys, you got to follow and subscribe us and go to Patreon to become a Patreon. What is it called? Patreon? Yeah. Basically, there's payments, you know, of whatever to help support us. That actually helps us get better. Um, so if you guys just want to be really kind and try to help us out, <laughs> that would be awesome. But thank you for listening, and we hope that you enjoyed us so far. We're on episode eight. Yay! We're so close. It's number 10. And we do have a lot of viewers and listeners, so we see that. Thank you, guys. We appreciate it. Um, so hope you guys enjoyed. Good night. Bye.